Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The following is rated MA. Some people may find it offensive. It contains language, adult themes and immature content, as well as fart jokes. There will be lots of fart jokes. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. Lights it! The crowd goes up and the Newcastle Knights, they have stolen a victory. Oh, what about that for a shot? And it's on. Back to Sutton. Sutton! Sutton! He scores! Fucking lockdown. Ah! Again, still more. First and foremost, legends, I hope you're doing okay. Tough times for a lot of people. Just know that I'm thinking of you. And over the next half hour or so, my only goal is to take your mind off the bullshit and allow you to relax and enjoy the loosest podcast on the market, The Weekly Wodge. In lockdown, I've forced myself to stay busy. I've done 21 blocks of interviews in the past fortnight with new guys from different clubs for the podcast for you. What about this list of new, well-hung, manly, handsome, unfiltered legends that you'll get to hear? We've interviewed Sean Timmons, Alex Twile, Bryce Cartwright, Robbie Farrow, Drew Hutchison, Corey Thompson, Josh Mansour, Junior Paulo, Paul Momorowski, Nathan Brown, Jake Turpin, Daniel Alvaro, Moses Embai, Keegan Hipgrave, Billy Walters, Shane Wright, Tyson Gamble, Joe Stimson, Luke Garner, John Asiata, Toby Rudolph, and Zach Lomax. What a lineup of legends, some of which you'll hear on this episode. Let's rip in. Twenty twenty one hasn't been the dream year for our guest. Frustrations with injury have limited his game, a broken thumb round eight. It's seen him sidelined since and he's had to play spectator. Zach Lomax, what type of spectator are you, mate? I'm not the best one. I'm a bit of a sore loser to be honest. <laughs> um, but mate, it, it's it's yeah, it's definitely not ideal sitting on the sidelines watching Watching the team go around, that's for sure, mate, especially when you know you can be out there and, and helping your team. and But also not being able to train with the team's the, the hardest thing and, and being away from from them. and So hats off. You, it, it makes you realise. And, and hats off to boys that that have done ACLs and, and have come back from, from pretty serious injuries. and um, But, mate, yeah, it, it hasn't been ideal. Definitely sitting on the sidelines, that, that's for sure. And... Hopefully not too long. We're not too far away, mate. You're a sideline guy. Where do you watch the game from? Because some guys go to the coach's box, some guys sideline it, others in the stands. I know guys that when they're injured, they simply can't go to the game, so they watch at home. Where are you? Well, I've been sitting up in the box most of the time with, with Hook. and um, Yeah, so it, it's uh, it's been a bit of an, bit of an eye-opener. So you, you sort of... <laughs> You, you watch the game from a, a different angle up there, and you know, as as coaches, everyone's sort of different in the box. And um, yeah, hook, hook's pretty funny in the box too. Yeah. So you get a good laugh out of it, but at the same time, you you um you understand where he where he he sort of watches the game as well. So it, it um it sort of brings into a different perspective, especially watching 
from more of a sort of a close angle where where he is and the rest of the assistants are. And um, but yeah, I'm definitely not one that loves sitting on the sidelines. That's for sure, mate. It's really interesting sitting in the coach's box. I've been lucky enough to do it a number of times over the years, and you quickly realise that every and any player goes from the coach screaming, "I'm." he's going to get sacked and I'm never going to pick him again and he can't play football too. He's the greatest player since Clive Churchill. Like the coach, he rides the emotion to the extreme. Absolutely he does. Um, You know what happens in the box stays in the box. 100%. um, Yeah, mate, you couldn't have said it any better. It it goes from one extreme and and to tell you that, the best, the best player on the team doesn't get a spray. I'd be lying to you, but that's right. It's um, everyone, everyone cops their fair share. There's no, there's, there's no doubts about that. Absolutely. So it's, there's um, been the injury, mate. Then a separate quarantine. When you're hoping to to finally get back out there? Because I, I bet you can't wait. Yeah, mate. It's it's been a bit of a while to be honest. Uh, but I've been trying to stay in as the best shape I can. Yep. Um, mate. So fingers crossed. Next week. So oh. we versus. Um, I think we versus the Raiders, but it'll just depend on the on the uh, the high performance staff. And, and but, mate, I haven't sort of done too much running to be honest. Um, well, as, it, as I've said, I've been quarantining now, so mm. I haven't been able to do any running. But just got a spin bike here and been trying to tick over on that as much as I can. And um, but you know, it's 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 definitely not the same as playing games of footy and and, and running with the ball in your hands. But mate, it'll either be this week. Sorry, coming against the Raiders or the following week against the Panthers. So two pretty tough games and uh, fingers crossed I can I can be back sooner rather than later. Thanks for dropping in, Legend. Can't wait to see you back out there and killing it. We'll chat again soon. One of the great combinations of the teens was Matty Bowen and Jonathan Thurston. And the little fullback has dropped in, mate. What made this combination so special? Um, I, yeah, I just think we, you know, it didn't just come off on the field. We, you know, whatever um, fitness games we were playing, we were always on the same side. We, you know, we'll just try different things and do different things. And it was just off the cuff stuff. And um, probably he knew what I was doing and I knew what he was doing. So, it, and that, it, it, it clicked on the field, it worked on the field. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, must have said I think it, you know, it's one of those special uh, combinations that you know to be a part of and to have that is something special. And as I said, John is one of the best players I've played alongside of, um, and just to see how he, how he goes about his business. You did play so much footy together. Obviously, you knew each other's games very, very well. But how much was pre-planned, and you knew what you were doing? And how much of it was just instinctive to genuine young footballers having a crack? It was just, I think it's more extensive, uh, you know, like just off the cuff stuff. Yep. Is, um, yeah, as I said, I think it wasn't planned. There was, you know, a couple of kicks that are, that were planned. But other than that, it was, mate, it was just off the cuff stuff. And, you know, every time I had the ball, I was looking for him. And, have, you know, most definitely when he got had the ball, oh, yeah. he was looking for me as well. What made him so good in your opinion, mate? Mate, he's just a competitor. He's the ultimate competitor. He always wants to win in in, in fitness, um, winning everything he does on the field, off the field, and he shows why he's one of the best. He just wants to win everything. Is there one moment together or one try or one play 
over all those years that stands out above everything else? Um, obviously playing for putting out that Indigenous jersey on. Yeah, you know both both of us represent our our culture, um, our families in different different tribes, and um, to score that try off his kick. It is something special, and you know, to do it in a, in a club game, but to do it in that one of those games is it is something special and um, something I won't forget. As I said, I keep saying, and um, but yeah, just the just the combination that we built was um, something special. You're still a legend, Matty Bowen. Thanks for dropping in. Thanks, mate. Are you following us on social media? I hope so. That way, you'll get your say on topics of the week upcoming guests, latest news, debates and theories, and we'll keep you updated on who and what is coming up on the podcast, plus exclusive offers. There's free shit too. Our social media handle, again, so much thought has gone into this. We can be found at the Andy Raymond on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Oh, what the f- So we're going back to 1987. I hadn't thought about this for years but was reminded of it when researching for the recent Legend Series interview with Greg Alexander. Okay, 1987. So it was round 23, the 8th of August at Penrith Park, St George and Penrith. The game was actually a thriller. It finished at 10-all, but the headlines from this game had nothing to do with football. Dragons halfback Steve Lenane had the ultimate brain snap. He went after his opposing halfback, Alexander, and in the most despicable act, whilst Alexander was being tackled and held by opponents, Lenane went for the eyes. It wasn't a rub or a brush. It was a gouge. Actually, it was gouges. Alexander had cuts not around his eye, but on his eye. And at the time, there was very real fears he'd be permanently blinded. That's how severe this gouging incident was. It was both deliberate and intense. Alexander was forced from the field immediately. Then his replacement, Dougie Delaney, also copped the same treatment from the same player, as did a third Panther, hooker Jamie Thompson. Three players viciously gouged in one game. Times have certainly changed. Thankfully, the game has cleaned itself up and this was one of the early judiciary moments that took that very important step. Lenane was suspended for 20 weeks by what was then known as the New South Wales Rugby League Judiciary. His reputation was shot. Lenane and Alexander have never seen each other since that day in 1987. Good thing, I say. That is certainly a what-the-fuck Rugby League moment. Earlier this season, we saw history made when the Cowboys played the Bulldogs. It was a first, a first because the two coaches both came from the same country town. Tamora is in the Riverina area of New South Wales, about 85 k's from Wagga Wagga. It's where both Trent Barrett and Todd Payton came from. Same goes for our guest, Joe Stimson from the Bulldogs. Mate, I've got to ask, what's in the water down there, mate? Less than 500 people in the town, and you include guys like Stevie Reardon and whatnot. There's a string of first graders. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's there's a few more than 500. There's about 4,000, so... Um, I, I yeah, meant 5,000. That's that's just me being a buffhead. Oh, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, so 
we've been very lucky actually. Like we've had so many um, talented sports people come through um, tomorrow. So in all codes, really, like football obviously has been the main one. And yeah. Um, yeah, like all throughout when I was growing up, always had a um, Tamora NRL player to look up to. And wow. whether it be like, yeah, Stevie Reardon or um, like my dad or yeah. um, my uncle and um, yeah, Josh McCrone, Ryan Hinchcliffe. I used to watch all those guys when I was really into my footy back back then. And yeah, it was, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty special seeing someone from your hometown yeah. play play rugby league and yeah, got the opportunity to sort of be coached by <laughs> another Tamora great now. Mate, you mentioned uh, your footy family. Run us through dad and uncle who both played first grade. Yeah, so dad played for South Sydney, um, I think uh, in 96 or 97. So, yeah, he played the one one year there and, um, yeah, he played a couple of games and scored his first try. And uh, it's funny, he always um, – uh, Petty Sterling um, – called that game and he the whole way he was going to the trial and he called him the, by the wrong name and oh. uh, yeah it's, it's so funny he called him Ostini the whole time Mick Ostini like yeah he's still still filthy about it but yeah he yeah it was pretty funny but uh Mark Mark Simo he he played around the same time but played for a little bit longer and then sadly done had a little accident with his with his toes and that's right um yeah and at a when he was working and um, sort of cut his career short a little bit. But, yeah, he had a really, really good career. He played like 70 games or something for Balmain or West Tigers, yeah. Good coaches Balmain. and mentors or being family, do they just chew your ear off? Um, no, nah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Like dad, dad's um, been very supportive and he's been probably, yeah, the main guy I come to if awesome. I'm talking footy. And, um, yeah, no, nah, dad's been, yeah, one of my – one of my idols and, yeah, as I said, the first person I go to when I want advice about my game. And he's pretty honest, um, which is nice, yeah. um, which is good. And, yeah, Mark's just a larrikin. I sort of just, yeah, talk, talk shit with him. So he's Love good fun. That. <laughs> Mate, how's yeah. life? Not so much at the Bulldogs, just in Sydney, because let's face it, the big cities are not for everyone. Yeah, that's right. Like, um, yeah, I was so, like, I went to school in year 11, 12 up in Sydney. So I sort of had a little bit of a taste to it um, coming from St. Greg's, but, um, yeah, it's completely different. It's completely different. Like even Melbourne, like com- completely different compared to tomorrow. Like you dead set now every second person you walk down the yeah. street. And yeah, I, I found myself saying g'day to everyone and nodding and not getting much back when I went to <laughs> Melbourne or in Sydney. And I was like, geez, you rude bastards. But yeah, they would know me from a bar of soap. So um, yeah, that took a little bit of getting used to and all the traffic. But uh, yeah, no, it's good. I, li- I like Sydney. And um, yeah, but I also really love tomorrow as well. Thanks for dropping in, mate. We'll chat again soon. Oh, good. Nineteen ninety Kangaroo Tour of the UK, one of the legendary ones, an awesome lineup of talent for a tour that actually started slowly but built. John Carwright, you were on tour. We'll start with who was your roommate? Roommate was Mark Guyer. Oh dear. <laughs> Behaved. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. Was he a good roommate or not? Or were you sick of him because you saw him every day at Penrith for a number of years? No, he's actually a very good roommate because he, um, he, he's never, he can't sit still. So yeah. you often got, if, if you wanted a rest or you, you just wanted a bit of me time, he was, he couldn't sit in the room. You know, if he was in, if he was in the room, he was asleep and if, or he might be playing some sort of jokes on me. But if he, 
uh, wasn't asleep. He was out of the room. You know, he's just one of those guys, he's a bit ADD, he can't sit still. A lot ADD. Is there a story or a moment off the field from that tour that still puts a smile on your face all these years later? Uh, just I remember um, players sort of relaying stories about the cars they'd buy over there. Yeah. You know, like, so you'd, you'd put £100 in each and go buy an old bomb car. And we we pulled up out the front like a was a I think I'm not sure what the hotel was but it was a high end hotel in Manchester in in the high end of the area and we pulled the car up at the front of the hotel and then as soon as we pulled up we just got this bang behind us so the the larrikins in the car behind us just ran straight into us bumped us forward and then about <laughs> two seconds later someone's run into them who's run into us and. We're in this main street of Manchester. There's thousands of people around us. There's the, you know, the the guy letting all people into the hotel, and yeah. they just all look at look at these Aussie guys. You know, it's freezing cold middle of winter. We're all in shorts and t-shirts, and we we have like a uh, like a Malachi crunch. It's almost at, like at a demolition derby. It was a demolition the, derby in the main street of Manchester, and I thought I'd had heard stories of those things, yep. but yeah, it was just a really surreal moment. I just I didn't expect uh, to get. Rammed up the backside at, uh, at the front of a hotel in Manchester. What do you recall of Kevy and Alfie and their instigation of little guys versus big guys late at night? Yeah, that, that became legendary, especially when we got to France. We had two weeks in France um, and, you know, that was the sort of let the hair down part of the tour. Yep. You know, the main part of the tour was over. We had some games, um, you know, they, they weren't going to be so hard, we hoped. Uh, and we went for on a bus trip from the, the right at the very top of France down to the bottom. You know, so it took a, took forever, uh, and I think that's where they sort of really um, started. You know, yep. we, we'd, we'd have a esky on the bus, and every time there was a stop, uh, they'd be rolling. They loved rolling Mark Carroll up. You know, they they yes. they'd roll Mark Carroll up, and Alf Alf was um, while he was small, he was he was very hard to. To handle, you know, yeah. you saw in a game, you just couldn't put him down. And Spud would go at him, and, Al- and Alfred, nine times out of ten, Alfred roll him around, and he'd end up on the ground. And Spud would just get crankier and crankier and crankier. Then Kevy had come in over the top, and it was, uh, yeah, I, I, hopefully, uh, if they ever do them again, they, they, they carry him on. They're good fun. Most people blame Kevy and Alfie for a lot of the misbehavior on a route tour. They'd be right too, wouldn't they? Oh, typical halfbacks, you know. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Stewart wasn't far behind them. It's it's funny you, you can pigeonhole uh, people positionally. You know, the, yeah. the halfbacks were there was trouble or drama or um, you know a, a, an emergency meeting called. It, it generally had something to do with a halfback. <laughs> was this still the time period where you could wind Ricky up relatively easily in terms of his competitiveness and rivalry with Alfie? Uh, no, he was pretty good there. Like, he, he was awful hard to, to get one over, Rick. He was just too smart, yeah. you know. But, uh, yeah, if and he was another one. He, they're only little men, but they're built low to the ground and they're very strong. You, you didn't want to get him at the wrong time. Or he, he, and he, he didn't mind if you were looking or not either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From behind, 2021, you're coaching with Kevy and Alfie's at the club. I just wonder what might be on the menu at some stage. Bigs well, versus Littles? It's, I, well, we're all a little bit older now, Andy, yeah. so, but we might try and encourage it with a, with a few of the boys we've got out there. Griffin Air Conditioning, the best of the best, servicing the Sydney metro area for both domestic and commercial air conditioning installations and maintenance. They've got it all. And Galaxy Finance, for all your financial needs, 
concerns or questions. If you've got a worry, any issues or just need some clarity, call them now. Both companies are offering specials for unfiltered listeners. Contact them, tell them you heard about them on the Unfiltered Podcast. They will sort you 100%. Their contact details are on our website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Check them out there with direct links. They're the best and the best of what they do, and they're here to look after unfiltered listeners. If you'd like to be part of the Unfiltered team, get in touch. Go to the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Hit the sponsorship tab. We've got several different levels of sponsorship that cater to all levels of business and budget. Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. The Legends series, I love it. I hope you do too. You know at any time you can go back and listen to a Legends series interview? Actually, any of our podcasts. All of them are timeless. So it actually doesn't matter when you listen to them. And even though you may not have heard them when they first came out, they're timeless. They won't date and they will make sense. They're ready for you for when you're ready. This week on the Legend Series, the great Sean Timmons with one of the great stories. Eight points all. We are in Golden Point extra time. A shot from Timmons has got the height. It's got yeah. the length and the crowd goes up. Hempstead awards the point. The Blues have won it. The Blues have won Origin 1. A field goal by Sean Timmons who scored their own try. What a night for Sean Timmons. 9-8 is the final count. The Blues winning it. What a drop kick. Timo, what do you recall of the moments leading into that kick and then actually striking the ball? Well, I can remember because I was on the bench at the right, at the back end of the game. So what Craig Wing, we all know, he used to be the super sub. Yeah. So because I was playing 5'8", there was a lot of times I'd start at 5'8", play there. Craig Wing had come on. I might have moved to the middle or had a, like, had a rest. And I think at that time of the game, Craig Wing was on. And I was off, but they obviously it went eight all. Game over. Gus called everyone in. And Gus said to me, mate, I want you on for this part of the game. So that just gave me a, a huge amount yeah. of confidence. When when someone like Gus School says that, it was the first time Golden Point had been used or bought in that for that origin that year. So when Gus said that to me, it just gave me a lot of confidence that he wanted me on there in this important part of the game. So I remember that. And then I just remember Craig Gow was the half that night because we had – I think Brett Kamali was out, Joey was out, mm. Baz was out. So me and him were probably the last men standing in the halves. But <laughs> Gowie had had a couple of shots and they were hammering him, like putting pressure on him probably yep. because they knew there was no one else to kick. So I thought, well, fuck, what have I got to lose here? This is one of the moments. Why don't I just call for it off uh, Bedsy? And wasn't sure whether he'd pass it to me, but he did. And I don't know, I hit it and it just, I don't know, I hit it good. I hit it. I knew I hit it good at the time and, to see it sail over straight behind the Blatchy Blues. The Blatchy Blues were only just building them, but there was a big crew of them behind the beyond the post. So to see that go over and see them go berserk was uh, was uh, was amazing. But there's a good little story to it with it. My, I had my whole family there, my wife, my family, her family, and the old man. The old man and brothers had been on the beers all game. <laughs> the old man loves a beer, but he at full time he ducked off to have a piss. Oh, no, he's missed it. He's missed it. He'd lined up in the toilet and come back and the family were going berserk. And he's gone, what's happened? 
They said, oh, Sean's just kicked the field goal. <laughs> so, mate, he didn't see it, but he's seen it plenty of times since. Uh, mate, he copped the ribbon for it, but, yeah, so it's quite funny, but he didn't actually get to see it live. If you missed it, let's wind the clock all the way back to episodes 88 and 89, a story about footy, but also about so much more too, the legend Owen Craigie. You would come to that point no person should ever reach where the thought of ending it feels like a better option than salvaging it. Mm. I'm speaking about suicide. What happened that day? Yeah, so um, at this stage, I was just living at Brodie at Charlestown. With um, going for a separation, you know, and um, now looking back, I look, you know, like she, my ex probably she had every right to leave because I, I, the life I was living obviously wasn't, wouldn't, no one had put up with it, yeah? Yep. And um, you know, I just kept, you know, I thought, yeah, we'll sort it out, we'll get back together. And every chance we got, I was drinking and, and, and whatever. And one day I just, I remember, you know, about a week before, my brother and his kids come down. He said, "I'm worried about you. No one hears from you. I haven't seen you. Mm. You're not ringing us anymore." I didn't realise. Like I haven't spoken to him in ten months, eleven months. I used to speak to him every day. You know what I mean? But you were just stuck in. I was your stuck world. in my world. Um, no food in the fridge. Couple of bottles of water. Empty pizza boxes. Chinese laying around. Um. Now, my house is always clean and tidy and stuff, but I, I was a fully functioning addict. I think he fully functioned. But then it was one day I, I was on the veranda and I started crying. I started crying to him on the veranda. And I, was, and I told him, yeah, I'm right, I'm right. In the moment, I'm thinking, I can't wait for everyone to go. I, can't, I, I don't like this pain anymore. Yep. I know I'll go, I'm going to knock myself. And I'm driving in the car, stressed lucky. And I'm thinking, if I jump, I'll jump backwards. Because if I land on the rocks, the, the water can wash me away, so if the kids see me, you know what I mean? And then, um, for some unknown reason, something made to ring Matty Johns. You so rang Matty? Yeah. So when I moved down to Newcastle, I stayed with him and Trish for a couple of days. Mm. And me and Matty got this relationship, you know, and it's weird hearing myself now talk about the old me, talking about things that you only see on the movies. Yeah. But this shit's real. You know, it's, as we speak right now, people are losing their lives to this, to this demon. What did Matt Johns say when I rang him? I said, "Matty, um, I couldn't really talk. I was sobbing, so I was gasping for air, and yep. I pulled over. My skin was grey, I was real pale. Yeah, eyes were bloodshot. Um, I haven't eaten for a couple of days. I was real lethargic, and I'm thinking this is the perfect time." I'm out. I said, Matty, I'm tapping out. I can't do it anymore. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, I can't do it. I can't live this life anymore. I'm tapping out. And that's all I said. I said, where are you? I'm in the car park across Dixon Park. And I'm still gasping for air, struggling to breathe. Right? I'm out, Andy. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm not waking up tomorrow. I'm fucking fully out. I'm not glass half full. Yeah. I'm not in. I'm out. And then um, he goes, just wait there. Do not move. I promise me you won't move. And I stayed there. And Kurt rings right away. 
big fella, what's going? He goes, where are you? I said, down there. He said, righto. Better get things in place. The foot didn't uh, Kurt was involved in the Knights Old Boys. Yep. Um, what the Knights Old Boys done for me. Did they save your life? Yeah. Yeah. Four days later, I'm in rehab. I'm really proud of all the interviews that we've done on Andy Raymond Unfiltered, none more so than the Owen Craigie story, a mate since the mid-1990s. Very tough, very brave, coming out and speaking like he did to us. Uh, It was an emotional interview. It was a tough interview. And it's one I think everyone should listen to, rugby league fan or not. Owen Craigie on the Legend Series. Getting your future sorted, crucial to being able to concentrate on footy and actually just play to your potential. Our guest re-signed with the Sharks until the end of 2024, a few months back. One less headache or hassle, Toby Rudolph. Nice to get it done early in the season. Just concentrate on footy. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely something that was um, hanging over my head uh, somewhat. Um, I've been sort of off contract since I've started playing, really. So I've had I've been two years off contract. I only signed the one-year extension last year. Uh, so I sort of was, was able to put it in the back of my mind um, throughout my two-year career so far. Yeah. Uh, but definitely now that it's all been sorted, it's nice just to sort of put it in the back of my mind and just, yeah, focus on footy, like you said. Tougher times at the Sharks. It's been an odd season, off the field anyway. New coach coming mm. in in 2021 in Craig Fitzgibbon. While you could say it's tough times, you could also turn it around and say it's actually really exciting and challenging times because there's something really positive to look forward to. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the way that... um. I think all of us are approaching it here at the moment. Uh, we're not focusing too much on 2022 at this stage. Obviously, you know, we've still got a lot of footy to play this year and we've got some finals ambitions. But uh, looking towards that time, yeah, it is definitely exciting. I'm, I, I was, I had a few chats with Craig before I'd resigned and um, he sort of really emphasised the reasons that I wanted to stay and was a massive part of in me resigning. So um, looking very forward to him coming on board and learning as much as I can off him. The potentials there at the club, anyone that knows the Sharks and their system, there's some really athletic, there's some really talented kids coming through a system that are used to success in those junior rep sides. Yeah, for sure. We've got some young kids that have uh, that have come through the Howard Matt systems, the SG Ball systems, uh, Blake Braley, Will Kennedy, um, Sione Katoa. Um, I think there's about six players in our team from the wow. under-20s uh, premiership from 2018. So... It just sort of shows um, the junior development is is working wonders here at the Sharks, and now we're definitely reaping the rewards. Big couple of years ahead, Legend. I reckon you'll be right in the middle of it too for a number of them. Thanks for the chat. We'll do it again soon. No worries. Thank you. Some stories are great. Some are just plain shit house. I'll let you decide on this one. Our guest made his club starting debut, a dream come true. Round 19, 2020. Story's cool so far. However, that club starting debut lasted about 36 seconds, I think. And that's where this story turns to shit, sadly. Tyson Gamble, who were you playing and what happened? 
Um, well, I don't think it was quite my uh, my club debut. I played early in the year against Melbourne. Oh, okay. For a little bit. So it wasn't quite my club debut, but it was my second start for Brisbane. Um, and we are playing Parramatta down in Bank West. Um, and obviously it was a bit of a bit of a rivalry game from what they did to us in the in the finals yeah. the previous year. But yeah, I think they kicked off to us and first set of the game. I think Tom did and kicked the ball down and yeah, went in to tackle Mike Acevo, mate, and that was the end of me. Big strong thing, isn't it? We've seen him oh, do mate. it to plenty. Yeah, I'm sure he'll do it to plenty more as well, mate. Yeah. But yeah, he um I come off second best that time. <laughs> for would, sure. Yeah, unfortunately. Mate, you wouldn't play again for Brizzy that year. Was there a thought in the back of your mind somewhere that, geez, I've worked so hard to get here. My opportunity may have passed me by. Yeah, definitely, mate. It definitely. It's um, yeah. You got to sort of take your opportunities when you get them, and to sort of have something like that that's sort of out of your control. I guess it's 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 devastating. But at the end of the day, mate, I back myself a hundred percent, no matter what I'm doing. So I always thought I could be a be a starter in an NRL team consistently. Into first in 2021, not straight away at the start of the season. Gee, you've made the most of this chance, mate. You're playing really good footy. Are you happy with where you're at? Um, yeah, I'm happy in a way, mate. Like it's, I'm happy to be in this in the team and consistently playing. Yep. But obviously, the results and the way the year's been for us, it's extremely disappointing. And I mean, uh, um. Yeah, it, it's hard to take losses. I love winning. Obviously, yeah. Brisbane is a is a club that's based around success, and the last two years for us haven't been all that great. So it's still disappointing. But I mean, I feel like we're turning things around at the moment, mate. We've um, got a long way to go, but we're we're taking steps in the right direction. Keep it up, mate. Going enormous. Thanks for the chat. Sweet, mate. Thank you. Want to win an unfiltered trucker's hat? Go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then simply give us a five-star rating and review. Write whatever you want. We don't care. It's the stars that matter. Funniest weekly review wins the prize. Simple. And that's how easy it is to win. The winner of this week's Unfiltered Series 1 Trucker's Cap is Eggman96. He wrote, long-time listener, first-time reviewer. Andy Raymond Unfiltered has every bit of content I love from Rugby League to wrestling and MMA, which I get excited for every time I see a new episode drop. It's like being offered the red or the blue pill and taking both. That's a beauty of a review. Love it. You win the cap this week, Eggman96. If you'd like to win one of the caps, simply leave a review on the app you're currently listening on, and it could be you next week. Make the review stand out, make it different, make us laugh. Enjoy your footy on the weekend, stick out this lockdown punishment, thinking of you all. Reach out for a chat if you're struggling to someone. If you've got a mate who you reckon may be doing it tough, pick up the phone, say good day. it makes a difference. Have a cracking week, legends. Catch you next time.